0: I have a travel bug. Definitely. I don't know its name. All I know is that I have to feed it at least once a year by going to new and interesting places. From these places, I write about my experiences. So, where on earth am I now? Tiwanaku, Saturday, the 9th of October, 2010. What a day I've had today. I got out of the city for the first time, for my first day trip, to the archaeological site of Tiwanaku. Now, granted, the words archaeological and site don't inspire images of a wild day of memories. Or maybe for you they do, whatever floats your boat. The point is, it was a great day. It didn't start well, though. I was told to be ready between 8.30 and 8.45. Fine. However, as I come out of the hostel shower in my ridiculous pyjamas at 8.15, I hear a guy call out, David? Let me just point out, I don't shower in my pyjamas, that would be ridiculous. I put them back on when walking across the hostel back to my room. Now, a man is calling out for me, looking for me, and if I don't answer, obviously he'll leave without me. So I have no option but to yell out. In response, of course, everyone in the courtyard below looks up at me, on the balcony, in my pyjamas, clutching head and shoulders in hand. Vamos a tewanaku? says the man. I wonder if he's noticed I'm not ready. Anyway, I rush into my room, throw on my clothes and follow the guide to the bus. This stupid rush meant I didn't have any breakfast. And it wasn't my fault, he was early. As it turns out, that wasn't too much of a problem, as the site is on the Altiplano above La Paz. That's over 4,000 metres above sea level. So your appetite is pretty much non-existent. On the way, we pass through El Alto, this is the first time I'd got the chance to properly see all of it. It became apparent why it is technically classed now as its own city. El Alto is sprawling. It goes on and on. This sounds bad, but never before have I looked out over a brand-new, vast city and not wanted to explore it. But that's how I felt looking at El Alto. It just didn't seem worth the risk. Tiwanaku itself was great. We had a guided tour of the whole site and the two museums there. We think we're something. Actually, we think the Incas were something. They were nothing compared to the Tiwanaku Empire. This empire was there on the Bolivian plains thousands of years before the birth of Christ, before the Romans and the first ever Olympic Games in Greece. It was there for 1,500 years after Christ too. The Incas only came afterwards and only lasted for a few hundred years. The Tiwanaku Empire stretched up into Peru, down through Bolivia and into Chile and Argentina. And I was standing in the capital city of that empire. And then, suddenly, one day, one year, just like some Inca and Maya civilizations after it, Tiwanaku ended. And no one knows why. Over a period of roughly fifty years, the longest-running empire of all Andean civilizations disappeared. There was no evidence of an earthquake or an invasion. Possibly it was a drought, but it would have had to have been bad to snuff out such a vast population. Oh well, either way, I was having a whale of a time. There's not much left, but it's still interesting. The Spanish swiped all the gold, and a British company came and blew up many of the temples to create gravel for a new railroad. Isn't that great? Real cringeworthy fact, that. After the tour, I was ready for lunch. Altitude or not, I hadn't eaten all day. So, what did I have? Llama. It's always good to try new things. The llama meat was nice enough, but to be honest with you, you could easily convince yourself you were eating a beef steak. And after lunch, the bus took us back across the vast plain, through El Alto, and down the valley into central La Paz. It was good to get out for the day. What else has happened? Oh yes, on Thursday I waited for Lucia from Pachamama to meet me at 8.30, but another guy from the station came instead. He said he wasn't sure when Lucia would come in, just that he thought it was later. Since she is the only person I want to talk to, I decided not to go. I've just been working in the hostel. That's why I was so looking forward to getting out. I did find a great cafe for lunch, where I had a banana split. I was so full I couldn't move all afternoon, it was great. I'm thinking I might take mum and dad there now, instead of El Presidente, where I needed the emergency money in my shoe. Better go and have dinner now. Perhaps another adventure like llama. Or maybe a ham and cheese toasty. Yeah, that sounds good. La Paz, Wednesday the 13th of October, 2010. I really should be working instead of writing this, but so much has happened. Well, not on Sunday, that was quiet. However, on Monday, I had been making so much progress with my work that I went to ask for a translator for my interviews at the hostel desk. A man sitting in reception overheard me and asked what I was doing. When I briefly explained, he took me to the hostel cafe and got me a drink. Turns out he is the owner of the hostel. I told him in more detail about my dissertation, and he explained that he worked in the Catholic University. There, there is a centre for radio and TV for development. It is the only centre of its kind in all of Bolivia, and so works with stations in the whole country. I couldn't believe it. What are the chances that this guy would own my hostel? He took me down to the centre that afternoon and introduced me to the director. I sat in his office for half an hour whilst he told me that my project didn't have enough of a focus and that what I was attempting was nonsense. He's not exactly one for confidence building, but he's a great contact. He's basically the kingpin for radio in all of Bolivia. He helped me to focus my dissertation on radio and women. He gave me a DVD to watch and told me he can get me into the university library. He also told me anyone I want to interview should be contacted through him. Brilliant! It was only brilliant after I decided to do what he had asked, though. For a day or so, I was completely thrown. He completely knocked my confidence, telling me my purpose in Bolivia was ridiculous. So I felt daunted by the fact that I had to go back to square one. To add to this, the next day, I was ill. On Monday, I'd eaten pizza in a cone. That was weird. Ice cream, too. Whatever it was, I had stomach gripes on Tuesday. I was supposed to go back to Radio Pachamama, but Lucia didn't arrive in the morning. It was my fault I was supposed to ring her, I'm sure. It was cold that day. I waited in that cold for half an hour, and then gave up and went back to bed for the whole day. My gripes were that painful. I got no work done. Now, unless I'm working, I have nothing to do. You can't watch any TV because you're in the wrong country, so things like BBC iPlayer don't work. And it's too cold and wet to go out. I couldn't anyway, my stomach would never allow me. i have been enjoying getting to know La Paz. I stumbled upon a huge protest the other day, it was brilliant. As I walked into the main square, Plaza Murillo, this line of people walked in. But the line didn't stop. There were more, and more, and more people. Waving huge signs, holding banners shouting and chanting. There was every type of person too, women, men, children, all protesting for greater rights, screaming Viva Bolivia and Viva el Proceso de Cambio, the process of change. They were setting off firecrackers too. Now, these firecrackers sound exactly like gunshots and make quite a racket, so it's very unnerving at first. You get used to it though. The square was lined with riot police, with massive shields and huge guns, tear gas canisters, the works, keeping an eye on things, just in case. And then the people sat in front of the government palace, and all around it too. There were that many of them. They blocked all the roads, and so traffic stopped, and the centre of the city fell silent and still. It was incredible. And then ice cream vendors moved in, and started handing out hundreds of lollies, so naturally it fell quieter still as the protesters got stuck in weird i took a seven minute video of all this but when i tried to put it online the loading bar underneath read 177 hours remaining that's hostile wi-fi for you i'll have to put it up when i get home in the following days there were also protests about new laws to do with the sale of coca leaves another sit-in blocked the main road leading into la paz another day the country's press protested about new racism laws threatening freedom of speech and expression on this day All of Bolivia's newspapers went with one front-page headline. No hay democracia sin libertad de expresión. There is no democracy without freedom of expression. Every paper, every front page, just one sentence. The same headline throughout the whole country. Powerful stuff. And just walking around La Paz most days, you will hear that gunshot sound echoing from some corner of the city. Someone, somewhere is angry and is making themselves heard. And they really do. Almost immediately, the president, Eva Morales, reversed the new Coca-Law, for example. Of course, the good thing about that now familiar gunshot sound is that you can convince yourself it's just a firecracker. It's another protest, fine. But then I got to thinking, if anyone ever was shot in some corner of this city, then no one would actually notice the sound. Cheery thought. Anyway, I wasn't out there soaking this all up, I was in bed with my gripes and nothing to do. I couldn't even eat. Last week I had this incredible dish called silpancho, which was a bed of rice, sliced potatoes on top, arranged in a circle, a huge steak on top of that, two fried eggs on top of that, and then, on top of it all, a spicy pepper salad and sauces. It was unreal. No adventures today though, just watching a DVD and going to bed. The next morning... I woke up and something had changed. My gripes! They're gone! My stomach is better and I was so hungry. I jumped through the shower and down to breakfast where I ate three slices of toast with butter and marmalade, some coconut cake with butter and marmalade, scrambled eggs, bacon, orange juice and a hot chocolate. It's good to be back. La Paz, Thursday the 21st of October 2010. Even though I haven't written in this diary for over a week now, I think this will be a short entry. Last week, I felt so much better, I stuffed my face and that's the last thing I wrote. Well, guess what? I wasn't better. And it turns out ramming half the hostel kitchen down your throat doesn't help if you have a bad stomach. I paid for it for the next week. Back and forth between the toilet and the bed, drinking rehydration salts, which, by the way, follow the rule of all medicine by tasting disgusting. Oh, apart from cowpole. I could live on cowpole. No, but these sachets of rehydration powder tried to make everything right in the world by being blackcurrant flavour. Look, that is not what blackcurrants taste like, and if they did, they would be called crapcurrants. The worst bit about being ill for so long... Well, actually, it meant several things. Number one, I couldn't get any work done. For a whole week. Not great. Number two, whenever I talked to my parents back home, I was in the most grumpy mood. It must have seemed to them like I was grumpy 24-7. Actually, to be fair, for that non-starter of a week, I probably was. But still, I'm on the other side of the world, having an adventure, but every time they hear from me, I'm so crabby. But that wasn't the worst bit, no. The worst bit was a week in bed, not able to go anywhere, while I'm in such an incredible part of the world. The hostel, helpfully, chose this week to put a new sign at the bottom of the steps, saying all the crazy places you could go with their tour agency. Brilliant. To be honest, even if I was a 100%, I'm not sure I would have wanted to go anywhere that week. The weather seemed to mirror my mood. It rained. A lot. And it was cold, too. And at night, storms rolled into La Paz off of the plains above. So there I was, in bed, drinking a jug of crap every day for a week. When you only have five weeks somewhere to get through a certain amount of work and travel, a week off screws you up, big time. Monday was the first day I felt truly better exactly a week since I first became ill. I still had to take it easy with what I ate, though. I'd learned from my king-size breakfast mistake the previous Tuesday. For almost a week, I'd been eating dry toast, pasta without sauce, and drink after drink of delicious water. As far as I was concerned, my stomach had had its week off, and now it was time to get back to work. I wasn't about to push my luck, though. I needed to be okay. I was so far behind on my work. However, this week has been, thankfully, the exact opposite of that last week. I've been on a roll with my dissertation. On Monday, I went back to the university and saw the director, José Luis, who, again thankfully, seems to have cheered up a bit since our first meeting. Maybe he was ill that last time too. Anyway, he got me into the library to read his thesis, which is huge. I couldn't possibly read it all, but I made loads of notes from the most relevant bits. Then on Tuesday, I went back to Radio Pachamama for the final time. I arranged my interview with Lucia for next week, and then said my goodbyes to the rest of the team there, since I have no need to return. Later that day, I went and introduced myself to another organisation in La Paz, called Red Adder. José Luis had made the contact for me. They're an organisation specialising in working with women, and they make four different radio programmes for four different stations in La Paz. I set up my interview with them on Friday afternoon. On Wednesday, I made contact with a translator for my interviews, again through José Luis. And today? Well, today was a bit slow, but I've just been drafting the actual interview questions. So you see, not much interesting has happened, just work stuff. I'm hoping if I can get the bulk of my stuff done now, that I can travel after Peru with Mum and Dad. Which is next week, by the way, I can't wait. I'm slowly deciding what they need to do with their short time in La Paz, too. This is why I really need to work now, The fun will come later, along with more interesting diary entries, too. What else has gone on? Oh, the hostel across the road has been temporarily closed down. I couldn't exactly work out why from what Flora was telling me, but it seems for three days at least, everyone has come here. This place is packed! I offered to give Flora a hand tonight, actually, because there were so many people in the restaurant. She politely refused, so I left her working overtime well into the night. Right, i better go to bed. Interview one is tomorrow afternoon. I'm a researcher and I'm in the field. The Travel Bug podcast is written and produced by David Monero. For exclusive pictures and videos to accompany the series, go to twitter.com forward slash David Monero.